The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 152. The average American consumes 35.9 liters of ice cream per year, almost 50% more than the second highest country, Australia. You better believe I'm boosting up that average. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is the person who turned me into a chocoholic, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hey, everyone. True story, right, Heather? Yeah, when we first met each other, you didn't really crave sweets. Yeah, and then I, liked, I turned you over to the dark side. I liked sweets. I didn't ever crave chocolate. I didn't even really... I mean, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy chocolate because everyone enjoys it to a certain extent. But I, it was never really a big deal to me. And then we met and you would always want these chocolate treats and things like that. And now I find myself craving chocolate. I, I don't know if I'd call myself a chocoholic. Yeah, that might be going a little too far, but I definitely crave it. I'm scared for myself if... You ever get pregnant and you get these chocolate cravings more so? I feel like we're just going to have chocolate 24-7. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because we always want a sweet treat almost every day now. Just got to work harder, work out. Work harder, work out. Take it in moderation, right? And today, the episode we are giving to you is our top 16 favorite sweet treats. We're calling it not desserts because we call them sweet treats because we like to have them Anytime during the day, whenever the urge strikes us. So our top 16 but, favorite s- sweet treats. Yeah. We try to only eat them once a day. Try. <laughs> Whether it's the, like at 2 p.m. or 9 p.m. Try is the opportune word there. And we are recording from the pool of the Asteria Hotel in Bangkok. So if you hear some of the background noise out there, we wanted to prove to you that we actually traveled. Yeah. And the view is not too shabby. Yeah. We also figured... We're going to be leaving Thailand soon, so there was no reason that we should record this from a lobby or from our room or anything like that. No, we're going to record it from the pool. It's an outdoor pool. We are looking at the riverfront of Bangkok. There are people swimming around here. You might hear trucks going by because the highway's right there, but it all adds to the ambiance of this podcast. We're also pulling off a little, quote-unquote, travel trick that we like to use called the Checkout and Hangout, which I just made up right before this podcast. <laughs> the Checkout and Hangout travel trick. Have to explain the uh, Checkout and Hangout. Well, it is currently 5 p.m. And we checked out of our hotel pretty early this morning because we went out exploring all around Bangkok. And then we came back and we're just hanging out by the pool. So we've checked out, but we're utilizing the space here by swimming and relaxing for the remainder of the day. Yeah, it's one of the best things you can do when you're traveling. A lot of times your flights won't match up. A lot of a lot of hotels are really nice about this. We do this all over the world. You know, maybe you have to check out at 11 or noon or sometimes you get late check out at 1 or 2, but you might have to leave later in the day. If you're at a nice place, hang out. Use the amenities. I mean, we're going to go swimming after this still. I might work out. I might shower. We don't have a flight till midnight. You can also do the 
check in or pre check in and hang out, which is just maybe you can't check in till two, but you get to your place at nine or eight or seven in the morning. We've even done that and we've used the amenities. Always a great way to kind of get more bang for your buck. Absolutely. So we're checking out, yet hanging out and podcasting now at the pool from the Asteria Hotel in Bangkok. Today's sponsor for the podcast is Tortuga Backpacks. They now have a family of bags, not just their Tortuga Pack, not just the regular old Tortuga Pack, but a family of bags, which includes the Day Pack, which we have, as well as the Tortuga Air. And it really was a family affair for us this last trip because my parents, who just left for the airport, a little bit ahead of us, my mom brought the regular Tortuga bag over, was using that, and I was using the Tortuga Air and the Tortuga Day Pack. So we had all three models here with us carrying them around. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So if you guys are interested, you need a day pack, a weekend type bag like the Tortuga Air is made for, or a carry-on size big backpack, check out TortugaBackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That will get you 10% off your entire order, no matter what you pick to actually get. Maybe you get all three of them. Maybe you buy some for friends. You'll get 10% off. All right. We're going into the top 16 sweet treats from around the world. We'll remind you of the rules for these list episodes that we do. Me and Heather have not talked about our list ahead of time, even though we are both struggling to pare down our list here because we love a lot of sweet treats. So we might have some overlap, but that adds to the fun. And as always, we have some honorable mentions. So Heather, do you have one, two, three? I have just one honorable mention, and I guess I'll start it off. Yeah, go for it. So I have on my list a lot of different things, but the one honorable mention I have is the cheesecake at Cheesecake Factory, which I haven't even eaten in a while. So maybe when we head back to the States, I'll have to pop in there and get one. But I just think that their cheesecakes are really outstanding, like any kind, really nice. I was going to put a call out to listeners because I love cheesecake. But spoiler alert, I don't have any cheesecakes on my list because I feel like I've yet to find the one. And there are, I've had a lot of good cheesecakes, but I know there's so many good ones out there. I know a lot of people love cheesecake. So if you're listening to this, A, we're going to put everything we talk about in the show notes so you can find these places for yourself, just like we did for our top meals episode. You can find them. We'll link up the TripAdvisor, their website. So it's really easy if you're listening and you want to know where to go or you want to plan out your own trip there. We're going to link it all up. But leave a comment in the show notes of your favorite sweet treats. But also, if you have a cheesecake that you love, let us know. I will travel. Will travel for cheesecake. I should make that on a shirt. Uh, Trev, have you ever tried Cheesecake Factory? I believe I've had a few bites of Cheesecake Factory. I'm, I've never gone and got my own there, though. Well, that could be a good start. All right. We'll start there when we get home. And then you guys let us know your top cheesecakes, as well as your top desserts, or excuse me, sweet treats, our official term. I have one honorable mention, actually two, but they're the same type of thing. One is an Oreo shake from a place in Kolon to Thailand. Again, this is kind of a what have you done for me recently type thing. We had this two weeks ago, and that is from a little cafe called Monkey Busyness, not Monkey Business, Monkey Busyness. The girl there made an amazing Oreo shake for us. We got it twice in three days. We actually got it for the car ride out of Kolanta. It was awesome. Have you got a one with I got a coffee. coffee shake, which was better, I thought, than the Oreo shake. Both were really good. Really, really good. So check that out. And the other is a chocolate chimp shake. A lot of stuff here with monkeys from the Funky Monkey in Chiang Mai, Thailand. So two different shakes, both chocolatey shakes from monkey-themed stores, 
in Thailand, but the chocolate chimp shake from Funky Monkey in Chiang Mai, really, really good. You have another favorite there called the Funky Monkey. Oh, the right? Funky Monkey. It's coffee, banana, and chocolate. Yeah, so it's basically so the chocolate chimp with coffee in it. Right. So you can't go wrong in Thailand with you getting can't. these. If you see a shop that has a monkey on it and they serve shakes, just go for it, I guess. And it's the moral of the story. Could we could we could we squeeze another honorable mention in here? Just fruit shakes in Thailand. I the first time we ever came to Thailand, I would literally walk down the street and get two or three or four of them, strawberry, pineapple, whatever. Fruit shakes in Thailand, so good. They'll run you about a, a dollar or less if you get them from certain places. So they're really sugary, but who cares? They're well worth it. They're so good. <laughs> and I promise you this isn't going to be a podcast just about Thailand. But. It won't be. It won't be. Moving on, let's actually get into our top 16. So we'll give you eight each. Heth, what do you got at number eight? Number eight is a seasonal item. Ooh, it only something? comes out once a year. And during this time of year, I seriously stockpile this treat. Do you have any I, idea... Okay. The what stockpile gave it away. Peppermint bark? <laughs> no. Oh, well, I don't know then. <laughs> That'll be up on my list further. This is an Easter-related treat. Oh, Cadbury? Yes. The Cadbury mini eggs, mini eggs are my absolute favorite chocolate treat. When they come out before Easter, I literally buy so many of them, I cannot stop eating them. I can't even, if I keep them around the house, I will finish the bag. It's almost the season. It's almost the season. And I'm not like that with any other treat. Like everything else, I can just really ration it out. You know, even if I have dark chocolate or something, I'll just eat the portion, but not with the Cadbury mini eggs. I have to have them. is a perfect example of how you've turned me into a chocolate freak. I don't even really like the chocolate (laughs) mini eggs, but when they're around, I just eat them. So like, I, I do like them, but I don't love them. They're not something I ever thought, oh yeah, just these regular chocolate mini eggs. And yet I find myself eating them by the handful. So no chocolate mini eggs around the house. You're going to have to hide them. I actually do that. That's a trick that I use, guys. If you want to try to lose weight, have your wife or significant other or friend or whatever hide the food. (laughs) I have to resort to that. It is true. So she hides them from me. My number eight, not seasonal, although sometimes you can find them. Sometimes you can't. They're both in Japan. I'm doubling up. I'm already breaking all the rules here. Do you know what these two items are? One has to be Miele crepe. Miele crepe is correct. And the second one is an ice cream bar of some sort. Yes. All right. So I'm, I'm... They're two different things, but kind of the same idea. We got them when we were in Japan. They basically come from vending machines. One Miele crepe, as Heather mentioned, is a crepe cake. And this would only come into my school's vending machine like once every four months. I don't know why. They have all these crazy, disgusting, sweet breads. And then every once, it was like, oh, Miele crepe would be in there. And it was usually about 150. And the day that it would come in the vending machine, it would sell out within an hour. The students loved it. I loved it. It got to the point that when I saw it there, I would actually buy four, five, six of them and put them in my desk drawer so that I had them for later. (laughs) Inevitably, I would eat like three in a day and then they'd be gone. But these things were so good and yet they never stocked them. And when they did, the kids went nuts for them. So I don't know, Miele crepe, this Japanese prepackaged crepe cake was amazing. And on top of that, and another thing I used to eat in Japan all the time, but you couldn't always find, Choco Bari Bar. It was an ice cream bar with chocolate crunchies around the outside, vanilla ice cream on the inside, and they only ever had them at one store, Family Mart. The convenience stores in Japan are weird. They're called kombinis. They have these items that are seasonal, but there's no reason why chocolate ice cream on a stick would be seasonal. 
Yeah, they would have that. They would also have like certain candies that were seasonal. One time they'd be there and then the next month they wouldn't be and you'd have no idea why. Choco Bari. So there was another one called a Crunky Bar. It's competitor, which you could find all over the place. Not near as good as the Choco Bari. So when I would find a Choco Bari bar, again, I'd go crazy. But you couldn't store them. Although, Heth, funny story. You remember this, I think. I actually... Half ruined our apartment because of a Choco Bari bar. Heather had left to go home to America. I was waiting to come home to America. And I bought a few Choco Baris because I found them and I put them in the freezer. And the day I was leaving to come home to America for a month, I opened it and I saw there was a Choco Bari bar in there. And I grabbed it and I was going to eat it. And I thought, no, I'm going to... And I actually walked out the door with all my luggage and I thought... No, you're not going to eat it. You're going to leave it in the refrigerator, in the freezer for when you come back. And how happy will you be a month later? And what happened? Do you remember, Hat? I absolutely remember. Uh, three days later, we got a text message from our upstairs neighbors. They had gone down into the apartment to get something for us, and it smelled terrible. Yes. Why did it smell so bad? It smelled terrible because the water... I had put the Choco Bari Bar back in the freezer. I had shut the freezer, or so I thought. The freezer, the freezer was freezer not shut. The freezer did not shut. So everything... I had about eight pounds of chicken in there, because at that point I was eating basically only meats and not any carbs, and everything had defrosted. And the chicken had defrosted. And then like drained, drained into the back filter of the refrigerator. and it, Oh, it was It was smell. disgusting. We came back a month later, and that apartment was the most disgusting smell I think I've ever smelled, other than durian which I hate, the fruit over here in Southeast Asia. It was gross chicken juice all over the oh, fridge. Oh, that's so terrible. Stop talking stop, about yeah. this. This is a sweet okay. treat Yeah, going on to good things. What you are you hungry, thinking? What are you thinking? You. Choco Bari Bar, you were so good to me, I couldn't even hate you for that. But it was melting when I got back. Okay, moving on. That was like a 10-minute number eight. Number seven. <laughs> Go ahead. No one said this would be short. <laughs> My number seven, also in Asia... We go to these markets in Thailand and they have these peanuts covered in like some sugar glaze and sesames. They're like honey roasted peanuts times a million. They're so good. They're so addicting. We've gotten so many people addicted to these things. Our friends who have come to Thailand and been here with us, you can buy like a huge bag. For them. 50 baht, which is a dollar. A dollar. And then, you know, and when I say a huge bag, like how big would you say that Dude, is? Dude, like it's at half least a kilo. Half a kilo. Probably a quarter pound of these peanuts. <sighs> and then you just eat them. You just can't stop. Yeah, we say big bag, but it's usually gone by the end of the day. Yeah. They're insanely good. And actually, I've had to tell Heather to stop buying them. And when she does, I'm like, please don't show me them because I will eat the whole bag. There is probably... I'm going to estimate 20,000 calories in a bag of those Probably. Peanuts. And the thing is, right now, I'm so sad because we tried to limit ourselves with these peanuts this past trip in Thailand, and now we don't have any, and I haven't eaten any for like a week and a half. Withdraw. She's and I going need to withdraw, some. folks. Where can I find so some? So we might be able to find some. We're going to go Bangkok, look at a convenience store. I don't store. know. It's harder to find in Bangkok. Yeah. All right. Now, your number seven. Uh, those are awesome. I couldn't put them on my list because I would probably have to run out mid-podcast and go get them. My number seven, moving away from Asia. La Grenier Alpon. Uh-oh. This might be on your list, too. <laughs> Overlap. All right. We talked about this on our favorite meals episode. So if you haven't listened to that, go check that out because they're not just for sweets. But I won't get into it because we'll talk about when Heather lists it. But the fruit tart there is amazing. Moving on. It certainly is. 
Number six. My number six is a local shout out. So from Philadelphia, there is a an Italian bakery in the Italian section of Philadelphia so called Philly. Termini Brothers. And they have the best cannolis there. They make them and like the outer shell, the crispy shell. And when you order them, they put the filling in right then. So like it's as fresh as could possibly be. They're so delicious. I love them. I haven't had a better cannoli anywhere. Even in Italy, we've had some cannolis from bakeries, and I just think it's not as good as Tremini Brothers. Yeah, my uncle told us about this. He owns an Italian restaurant. And one time I said, hey, I want to get really special desserts. I was getting them for you, Hath, for something, maybe for your birthday. I said, where can I go in Philly to get it? And he said, Tremini Brothers. Everyone goes there. I'd never been. I went down. First off, when you walk in, the smell is amazing. Yeah, they have lots of cookies and yeah, other. Yeah, we've got other stuff desserts. there that's that's okay. I mean, Pretty I wouldn't good. say it's great. I was a little disappointed. Cause I thought it would be better, and it is like a Philadelphia institution. It's been there. Who knows? Early 1900s, and one of the oldest ones. And I got these cannolis because Heather really likes cannolis, and they were very, very good. I'm not a huge cannoli fan, but you're right, Heath. They are absolutely fabulous. So if you come to visit us in Philly because you listen to our Top 20 Meals episode, a lot of Philly love there, we'll take you to Termini Brothers too. We'll grab you a cannoli. How does that sound? On EPOP. My number six, also in the US, not local to us, but a place that Heather has visited since she was a kid, Brown's Ice Cream in York Beach, Maine. Now, I will say this used to be my favorite ice cream in the world. Since then, we've done a lot of traveling. We've found some better stuff. Also think it might have went downhill. I don't know if it's my palate or if it went downhill a little bit. When I say downhill, only slightly because it's still really, really good. Well, it's making it on your list, so it has to still be really good. Right. Which has been surpassed by one other place I'm sure is on your list. It is. And it's also on mine. <laughs> All right. So, Brown, let's talk about Browns. It's in York Beach, Maine. It's right by the Nubble Lighthouse. If anyone's been to York Beach, you've seen the Nubble. You've probably seen even if you haven't been a really famous lighthouse. Right up the hill from that is Brown's Ice Cream. It's homemade ice cream. It's in this, it's a shack, essentially, and it's crazy packed during the summer. I think one of the reasons I say it went downhill is because they also ship it now. It's made by a company of, I did some research a long time ago, called Shanes of Maine, and they ship it to other places as well. And we've gotten in some other like rest areas. We've seen it before. It hasn't been as good. Maybe they haven't kept it as well. So at the actual Brown's ice cream, it's still really good. I think it's just as good as it's always been. I mean, I, I think it tastes exactly the same as when I was a kid. It's still absolutely delicious. The main tracks is my favorite. It's like moose tracks, but instead it has Reese's pieces. Reese's, it's like a Reese's peanut, peanut butter cup. I love peanut butter and it's just a peanut it's butter good. explosion. Really good. So Brown's ice cream, York Beach, Maine. Number five. Number five for me is another seasonal candy. So I had the two candies on my list. The first one was the Cadbury mini eggs. And this one, my number five, is one that Travis alluded to, which is peppermint bark. I really love the Ghirardelli's peppermint bark, the dark chocolate one. I love it when it comes out at Christmas. I literally buy so many bags of it. When we went to San Francisco, which is where Ghirardelli originates, I bought a humongous bag. Humongous. I didn't even know you could buy bags this big. <gasps> Me neither. Because we went to the factory and they have like 
all the flavors and you can make your own and then they have huge gift bags and I literally had to pry I'm like Heth this is enough <laughs> I had to pry her away I mean it was like three checked bags worth of, okay. okay you're being dramatic now I love 70, peppermint 70 pounds worth I love peppermint bark so much that I even convinced my sister Julie Maybe I didn't convince her, but out of the goodness of her heart, she started making it herself. She makes such good peppermint bark. I think it's better than Ghirardelli's. I do think it's better than Ghirardelli's. I like Ghirardelli's. The one that your sister makes is fabulous. It's thinner. It's crunchier. It's awesome. Peppermint bark, I love. We got so addicted to it this Christmas when my sister Julie kept making it. Oh my goodness. I might have to convince her to make it for my birthday or something. It's just, I love it. It's great. It's my favorite sweet treat. Yeah, well, not my favorite because it's number five, but almost. <laughs> it's in your top five. There you go. I should tell you, too, before this podcast started, Heather was really lamenting the fact that she was having a hard time coming up with enough to make a list. Originally, she had five, then six. And I'm like, hey, I got eight and some honorable mentions. And look how easy it is for her to talk about sweet treats. So far, we haven't forgotten any. But I feel like there's one in the back of my head that I can't think of. But maybe we'll get to it. So needless to say, we have a lot of good sweet treats. My number five, and the only reason this is number five is because I've only had it once. It was like a fleeting glimpse of this, and it was so good. The taste could almost be up at number one, except I don't know if it lives up to it again. Like, was it just a fluke? I don't know because I've only been there once. Apple Donut Bites from Street 14 Coffee in Astoria, Oregon. We stopped in Astoria, Oregon. On a road trip. On a little road trip. Because we wanted to go see the Goonies house. If you're ever in, in Oregon, go see the Goonies house. It's pretty cool. Astoria is a neat little town. Interesting There's... fact about myself, never seen Goonies. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I don't know it's if kind you can of be like on the you... podcast anymore. It's kind of like you being a sports fanatic and never seen Field of Dreams. That's... So I'm oh, throwing yeah. well, it right back at oh, you. Oh, <laughs> man. We're both in trouble now. Looks like we have to have a marathon on our next plane ride which is happening tonight. Apple Donut Bites from Street 14 Coffee in Astoria, Oregon. I didn't even remember which it was. Before this, I had to Google and look at Google images of all the coffee shops in Astoria, Oregon, so I could remember which one. As soon as I saw Street 14, I can literally picture where those Apple Bites were. So Heather popped in. She wanted to get a coffee. I didn't want anything. We were with our friends. I think they got coffees. We'd just eaten at We'd one of the pubs, which at was a, good. At a good pub. At yeah. a brewery. At a brewery. And um, they had these little mini... Like, look like mini muffins. If you guys remember the mini muffins, the little bites or whatever. It looked like that. And the guy said, oh, yeah, you should try one. Like, they're little apple apple bites. And I'm like, okay. Unfortunately. And, and they had cinnamon sugar on them. Yeah. And so I got two. One, two. You only got two because we were so full from lunch. Biggest mistake of our life. They, they were like 40 yeah, cents they were or so 50 cheap. cents each. I don't know. Little bigger than a Dunkin' Donuts monk, munchkin. Probably one and a half those sizes times that size. I got two. Oh my gosh, I put it was so good, so moist, so flavorful. It was the perfect little donut bite. We almost drove back to get more, but we were, you know. So if you guys are near Astoria, Oregon, and you can pick them up and ship them to me, I'll pay you. I need to know if this was a fluke or if this is legitimately moving to the top. If I go back and they're as good, this is this is shooting to the top or doing another episode. All right, it's fair enough. Number four. My number four is something that we just had recently. 
at a restaurant that I included on my top list. Ooh, I know what this is. You this was this is? really cool and unique dessert. It was so unique. So this is a dessert that we had on the island of Kolanta in Thailand. And we went to this restaurant, Yang Garden, and we got the lemongrass creme brulee. Now, I've had creme brulee before and I enjoy it, but I've no, it's not my favorite dessert by any means. But this lemongrass infused creme brulee was lemongrass and lime infused. It was just so refreshing, like the citrus flavor of it was so good and it was like a teeny tiny one and we shared it between four people and I wish that we had Mistake. it. We should have again <laughs> just overindulged and each gotten our own but it was really good and a really unique flavor. So We were so full we almost missed out on it and then she brought us the dessert menu and she said lemongrass creme brulee and all our eyes lit up like not, none of the four of us my parents or me and Heather like are huge creme brulee fanatics but it's good and the lemongrass was just so interesting we are like let's try it and it it was killer. It was perfect creme brulee. And like you said, it just had that refreshing little bite of lemongrass and lime to it. Awesome. What a way to end a great meal. So we're trying to convince our friends, one who owns a Thai restaurant, one who owns a really upscale French Italian restaurant with a great pastry chef. They're married. We're trying to convince one of the two <laughs> to make this lemongrass creme brulee somewhere near Philadelphia because it was awesome. My number four. Also in Thailand again. Also in the market. You mentioned the peanuts. I know what this, this is. Sh- sweet treat. I don't think I've ever been addicted to something as much as I've been addicted to these. You know, I don't have many vices. I get a little fanatical about stuff, but I don't have vices. I don't smoke. I don't really care to drink much. I mean, I will. These are addicting. And it's probably because I load them down with MSG, but I don't care. The rice cakes with caramel from the markets in Chiang Mai. You can find them all in the markets all around Chiang Mai, specifically the one that we go to when we stay in Chiang Mai, Tannin Market. It's also where we get the big bags of peanuts. Again, all the markets will have it, but this has the best ones that we found. And that's all they are. They're rice cakes. It's puffed they're, rice. They're just puffed rice, and they drizzle this caramel on it. It's, they're so good. But it's not super caramely. It's not super sweet. It's just amazing. Just the right amount of everything. And if anybody, you know... Now we know the the way to Trav's heart. Get him some rice cakes. <laughs> They're 20 baht for a package and a big package. Which is less than a dollar. For a normal human, it should take this person maybe three days to eat this package. For Travis me, could eat them in an hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I am uh, have self-control, it's a couple hours. When I don't, it's an hour or less. Our friends who came visit us in Thailand were addicted to this and the peanuts they're just, they're, they're literally, I don't know, they're not that sweet. And <laughs> the ones without the caramel we tried, they're okay. Just puff rice, better than puff rice cakes at home. But something with that little sweet it's stuff the they MSG. drizzle on it. I don't know. Everything makes you happy. Literally addicted. <laughs> literally. I, I, we need to get them for the plane. Well, we'll try. We'll try. We're going to 7-Eleven right after this. All right, moving on. You're number three. My number three is another local favorite from Philadelphia. And it's at Reading Terminal Market. Best donuts ever. I don't care what anyone says. Byler's Donuts. They are so good. I'm dreaming about them. And when I'm next home in Philadelphia, I might go straight there because I just love them so much. They're so good. They are. I've never had a better donut anywhere. If you haven't been to Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia, it's a sent from 1892. And it's an indoor market with a bunch of different food stalls and food. And the Byler's Donuts has been there for a while, and they bring them in from Lancaster County, which is uh, the Amish County, 
And the ladies who make the stuff at this bakery are Amish. So they come down every day except Sunday and Monday. Don't try to go Sunday and Monday. They're no. not open. And they make them right there. So you can literally, I keep saying literally, but this is literally. You watch them make your donut and then they hand it to you. Or in our case, then they hand you the three dozen that you buy. <laughs> and it's... They're so good. They're perfect donuts. And they, the cool thing is they have a bunch of other treats as well. They have shoe fly. They have tons of cakes. They have... I mean, they probably have 40 different types of donuts at least. Tons of different cakes and sticky buns and all that stuff. They have really good bread. But the donuts are what you have to get. And don't think you can just get one. If you're, if you're making a pilgrimage there... Get, get a six, dozen. Get a dozen. People will eat them. They'll thank you for them. Nathaniel from Daily Travel Podcast says that he has a better donut place in Boston. So at some point, we're going to have to do a donut off, and he's going to have to come down here and try it, and we're going to have to go up there and try it. Our good buddy Jason from Zero to Travel Podcast, who a lot of you have heard on this podcast, gave us a $100 gift certificate to Reading Terminal Market, because he knows we love it, for Christmas. I don't care. Let's spend it all on donuts. <laughs> Because how much are they? I think a dozen donuts is... I don't know. ...is like $8? <laughs> I'm not sure. So we could... we Yeah, let's spend it all on Bother's Donuts. So good. My What's number your number three? three? Also a... Sweet, well, they're all sweet treats, but also a cakey type thing, but not local. This would take you to the exotic location of Ubud in Bali. Oh, I know what this is. I was also addicted to this at one time. Not as much as rice cakes, though. Carrot cake from a little stand called Dapur Bunda, which is a fantastic little restaurant. They make Indonesian tapas. So you get all these little good like cauliflower dish, like steamed cauliflower with garlic. You get little chicken legs and chicken wings. Really cool. Really cheap. The carrot cake there is 18,000 rupiah, which comes out to 18,000, 1.8,000. I don't remember. It comes out to $1.50. So good. Best yeah. carrot cake I've ever had. And I didn't think I was a huge carrot cake fan before this, but this, I tried actually, there was four other, three other places with carrot cake that we found in Ubud, and none of them could hold a candle to this. And none of them that I've had could hand, hold a candle to this anywhere since this. So the carrot cake from Dapur Bunda. It's Really awesome. good stuff. Yeah, I keep saying awesome. I keep saying literally, I, I can't, st- I'm just, I don't know. My <laughs> brain is shutting down. You need a sweet treat. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a food coma. All right. We're moving into the top two now. Okay. My top two. Well, I think my number two is... Do your top two stand head and shoulders above the other stuff that you mentioned? Um, maybe. No. Okay. I mean, my yeah, top maybe. Two, I mean, everything I mentioned, I would, I would take a bullet for because it's that good. Okay. But my top two are like... My top two is probably, I'm guessing, your number one. And that's salt and straw ice cream. That is... So one. let's just talk about okay. it right now. Okay. Because and my top two mm. are 1A and 1B. So salt and straw ice cream in Portland was my number one. I will gladly move it into the 1B slot so we can talk okay. about it now for con- continuity. Okay. Go it's ahead. It's amazing. There's that word. And again. it's not just in it's not just in Oregon. I know that they have some places in California as well now. It's expanding a little bit. But let me just paint the picture for you. If you've never been there. They have crazy flavors, like crazy weird flavors, like olive oil, bone like marrow and bone ham. marrow, blue cheese and ham. But the, they also have really good flavors. They're just normal, like you know, coffee. Um, they have they have one that's 
basically that Girl Scout cookies, yeah, you know, the, uh, what are they called? Samoas? The Samoas. The coconut yeah. cookies that you get in Girl Scouts. It's basically that. It's called, um, I just, I totally lost it. I was going to say it. Petunias. Petunias Bakery is, it's gluten-free. Petunias Bakery in Portland, Oregon is a gluten-free bakery and they make this like cake that's like a Samoa and then they put it in this ice cream for salt and straw. It's so good. It's my favorite one. And then as you're in salt and straw, you have to get it in a cone because the waffle cones are made uh, on demand. I mean, they're making them as you're in line so that you can see them, you can smell them. It's still basically warm when they hand it to you. There will be a line it's out the to most do it. incredible ice cream experience you could imagine. I never used to think something could be browns in York Beach. And then the first time I went and saw on straw, I'm like, I think this is better. And every time I've gone, I'm like, this is amazing. There are, I think, four locations in Portland. There could be three. I, I think there's four. And they, you know, they, they obviously started with one and it got so popular. There will be a line out the door when you go. It will probably be an hour, an hour and a half. If you go on a weekday and it's summer and things like that, it doesn't matter. Just go, stand in line, have fun. The cool part about it, other than the fact that it's the best ice cream we've ever eaten, is that when you go up there, they say, you know, you're standing in line, and so maybe there's eight or ten people in front of you. And they say, all right, would you like to try any flavors? And they have people that are designated to just help people try flavors. First time we went, I thought, man, there was 12 flavors. I'm like, they all sound really, really good. He said, well, why don't you try them all? I'm like, really? It's like, yep. Runs back, brings me back a spoonful of 12 different flavors. That would be like two ice cream cones worth of tasting. I tried them all. They were incredible. And it was all free. I, it was to the point where I'm like, I don't even have to get ice cream. Of course I did. I probably even got like two scoops. But they let you do cool stuff. You can have half scoops. They just want you to have a good experience. And they have so many awesome flavors that they just do it right. Yeah, and they it's, have like seasonal flavors and rotating flavors. And one of my favorite ones that I've never seen again was like blueberry with dark chocolate and rice crispy treat inside. It was so good. I wish they would bring it back. Salt and straw, if you're listening, please bring it back. I am going to read right off their website right now the flavors that they have. The March seasonal flavors in Portland. I'm not going to read the descriptions of all of them. You can get it. Salted caramel cupcake. First off, I should mention <laughs> they do a sea salt and with caramel ice cream, caramel, whatever. It's not caramel with sea salt. It's sea salt with caramel. That's a big distinction, and it's great because it's a sea salt-flavored ice cream with caramel through it, which makes it even better. Now they have a salted caramel cupcake, a Rose City Riot, a Lumberjack Stack. I don't know what are in these. Spicy Monkey Banana Walnut, and Pots of Gold and Rainbow, as well as their Double Fold Vanilla, Coconut with petunia salted caramel balls. That's the bars, one. That's the one we mentioned. Pear and blue cheese. Strawberry honey balsamic with black pepper. Sounds weird. I've had it. It's good. Great. Honey lavender olive oil, which is Oprah's favorite ice cream, apparently. Stumptown coffee and Burnside bourbon. Cinnamon snickerdoodle. I love snickerdoodle co uh, cookies. I always get that. Chocolate gooey brownie. Almond brittle with salted ganache. Sea salt with caramel ribbons, like I mentioned. And freckled woodblock chocolate. It sounds so hipster. It sounds like, oh, this isn't going to be good because they're trying all this crazy stuff. Go sample every flavor. I'm telling you, there wasn't a single one we didn't like. Yeah, it's so good. I could keep talking about salt and straw. It's just go. Just go. Stand in line. We go every night when we're in Portland, and I don't even care. All the calories go out the window because I'm at salted straw. 
Yeah, That's if we ever move there, we're in big trouble. Big, big <laughs> trouble. So go try it. Tell us what your favorites are. Like I said, they have seasonal ones that change each month, and then they have those classics. Everything they do works. All right. So that's my 1B. Really my 1. I can't decide between what is actually going to be number 1 on this list. But for continuity's sake, we put it there. Let's go into your number 1. My number 1 is the tarts at La Grania Au Pain. Whoa! I, I love forgot tarts. that this was on your list. This They are awesome. I love I didn't fruit expect tarts. to be your number one. It is because I love fruit tarts. And let me just give a shout out to uh, not really a local grocery store, but an East Coast grocery store, Wegmans. They from actually, Rochester, New York. Started from, in Rochester, from New, New York. York. And it's just an amazing grocery store. They have an incredible bakery and their fruit tart is actually really decent. It really, is. really good. Now, of course, the fruit tarts in Paris definitely surpass it. But when I'm not in Paris, which is most of the time of my life, I can be All easily, but 15 days of your life to date. <laughs> I can easily go to Wegmans and get a really good fruit tart. And I'm sure other places as well in America, but. The tarts at Le Granier Au Pain are so good that when we were in Paris and we checked into the very exclusive Park Hyatt Vendome and the thousand dollars a night, we used Hyatt points. People, come on, whatever. Let's be serious. Um, the bellboy or whatever threw our tarts accidentally, I guess, and crushed them when they were bringing our luggage into the room and we complained and we were so upset and they got a bakery nearby there, nearby like the the Louvre in a really exclusive area to give us fruit tarts and make them. And they weren't nearly as good as these fruit tarts. And these were like super high class fruit tarts. I'm sure they would have cost 10, 15 bucks a pop for these little things. Not as good as La Grenier Alpon. And they're like, what, $3 each or something? Yeah, and we mentioned this in the the 20 best meals episode, La Grenier Alpon. I'm butchering everything. You get it. In Paris, amazing baguettes. Best in Paris, voted by Parisians. It lives up to it. And if you go for lunch and you get this and you get the fruit tart, they throw in a free drink because it's a sandwich and a dessert. You get the little lunch special, which we found out when they were just giving us drinks. And yeah, we're like, we're like, we don't even uh, want to drink. We <laughs> just thought they liked us. No, it's a special. But then you take that and you sit at Sacre Coeur and you have a picnic or you sit anywhere in Paris. It just makes the experience even that much better. Those fruit tarts are awesome. The strawberry fruit tart, my fave. You love the chocolate tart too. Yeah, all of them were so good. Lemon, the lemon tart was good. Yeah, we're staying in Europe for my number one. I'm. You can guess what this is. Mm. No, we're still talking ice cream, just a different type oh, of ice oh, cream. Oh, of course. I even mentioned this before we started the podcast. We're talking gelato, folks. Gelato, and the best place I have ever had gelato is in Florence. We love Florence. We told you about Al Antico, the sandwich shop in Florence, which was on our top twenty meals. This place, and again, I'm going to kind of cheat. Because I'm going to give you two. And we went on, I went on, Heather <laughs> ate a little bit and then stopped. I went on a gelato tour because in the name of research. A self-induced, a self-guided. Self-induced guided? gelato, self-guided, <laughs> self-induced. In the name of research, I wanted to be able to tell you guys unequivocally that this is the best gelato in Florence, which means it's probably the best gelato in the world. It's a tough job, but someone has to do so it. So I went to seven different places. All the popular ones, Vivoli, all the ones that you would, if you Google best gelato in Florence, it's going to come up. Parche no, Perche no, all the ones, everything. Because I had gone to this little one on a whim, the first I went to Florence, called La Gelateria dei Neri, on Neri Avenue or whatever, Neri Street, right down from the Uffizi, Uffizi, 
and it's right next to Ali Antico. It's like a block down. And I was like, this is awesome. And so I had to try the other ones to see if it's just uh, all gelato was awesome. And this was the best one. And we've gone back every time we've been in Florence. It was on the gelato tasting tour. It was the best one with another one that I have to give props to because I didn't think anything could beat Gelateria de Neri, but La Carai, it it's now has two good. branches, also is good. There's one right by Santa Croce, a new one, the cathedral there, and there's one on the other side of the river. Which is a bit of a hike. You tried both locations. I tried both locations. Of course, again, in the name of research, and they were fantastic. So if you are going to get gelato in Florence, do yourself a favor and go to all the places and try them. There's no reason not to. Get the small. That's what I always do, except for if it's my last night. I get two scoops. But get the small and try a few different flavors. But I'm telling you, La Gelateria de Neri and La Carai, we'll link them up in the show notes, guys. Those are my two favorites. They've won my heart. They're the best sweet treat that I've ever had in my life. And all the flavors I tried. Again, they let you sample them. So I take a little bit of each flavor. All the flavors are so good. The rice was especially good at Neri. You know, they had a rice one that was Mm -hmm. pretty interesting. The caramel one was good. I mean, you know, it depends on what you like. You love the Nutella and the really rich chocolate ones. Those are good. But... Yeah. And here's an insider tip. If you are in Italy or if you're anywhere in the world, but mostly in Italy and you want gelato, please stay away from the ones where they have the really brightly colored gelato that's just piled high, like two feet high, because it's not fresh and it's not even made there. It's probably just, you know, imported from some factory where it's just not as, as organically made. Yeah, you'll see it. It's everywhere. It's, it's super neon colors to attract you. Mostly, and it's piled high. If you think about it, if they have all that gelato and it's piled high and it it's makes not sense, fresh. it's not fresh because they're not going through that all day. You know, the, the places that know what they're doing and they make it fresh and they make it right there. They make it fresh every day. Yeah, have little bits in the thing because they don't want to store it and they're not going to store it overnight so they know how much to make. So yeah, definitely. Great point. Stay away from that neon stuff, that piled high stuff. Go to the places that have only a little bit. I guess that's it. There you have it. Our favorite, our top 16 sweet treats with a few more thrown in as usual. We want to know your favorite sweet treats from around the world. We've proven to you guys with Food Week, which we went into two weeks, that we love to eat. We have proven that. We have proven that we love to travel. We're sitting outside of here at the pool at Bangkok. So we will go places to eat. Let us know your favorite sweet treats from around the world. Extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. Find the show note for this episode, episode 151, our favorite sweet treats from around the world. Also, we'll link everything up. So if you want to find one of these places, we'll do all the hard work, find the link. You can you know, plug it in your phone. You can get the address. You can read the reviews, all that kind of stuff. So go there, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. I have another favor to ask people because when this podcast comes out, I believe the voting will be open for a competition that Heather and I are now finalists in. We've teased it a little bit in the email. We haven't really talked about it on the podcast. We will be mentioning it as it goes on. The competition is called Lights, Camera, Switzerland. It's a competition. Why don't you tell them what it is, Heather? Because I'm just too excited. I can barely speak. (laughs) So it's a competition to host a pilot for a travel TV series in Switzerland. And we made a video to apply for this position to make the TV pilot. So we'd be going to Switzerland for two weeks about. Be 10 days. 
10 days uh, sometime this summer. So if we win this competition, we made it to the top 10 finalists out yeah. of 3,000 applicants. 3,000 applicants. We're in the top 10. So now it's just down to a voting process basically through social media. So, it's, all on, it's all online voting. And I'm super excited about this because I know our EPOP community is not only large, but super loyal, super strong. So if you go to lightscameraswitzerland.com, they will have all the videos of the finalists up there. You'll see ours. Watch our minute and a half video. Please, please, please vote for us. It's straight votes. Whoever gets the most votes is the host of their very own TV show. And it's a pilot. And if it takes off, we could be having a ton of episodes. It really is a dream come true for us if it happens because I love Switzerland. It's the country that I got bit with a travel bug from from living in for four months. And we're doing a lot more video now. It would be so neat to shoot a TV pilot. So we'd really appreciate your help, guys. LightsCameraSwitzerland.com. We'll also link that in the show notes. Go vote for us. Tell everyone you can vote once per email address. So tell your friends, tell your family. We really, really appreciate. And if we do win the competition, we will be doing something extra special for the EPOP community. I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet, but the voting goes from March 8th, 18th to about May 7th or 8th. So we're going to be reminding you, but we'd appreciate if we get out early and you vote for us early because we want to make a huge splash in the beginning so that other people hopefully see it and they're like, well, these guys already have it wrapped up and they give up. <laughs> so we want to hit it hard. We're, we're really going for 5,000 votes within the first week. That's our goal. It's crazy. I think we'd blow away the competition if we could do that. So lightscameraswitzerland.com. Don't forget, if you don't know our names, come on. Trav and Heather, vote for us. We really appreciate it, guys. Right, Heather? Absolutely. And our video is really fun to make. It was. We had a blast. And there's outtakes at the end. So, you know, don't forget to watch them. Thank you guys very much. Don't forget today's show is sponsored by Tortuga Backpacks. If you want a backpack, day pack, air, regular pack, tortugabackpacks.com. That's the place to go. Use the promo code EPOP, all capitals, E-P-O-P. Get 10% off your order. Thank you guys. I'm going to give you three quick ones from the archives. 150, 18 rules for eating cheap, safe, and well. We just recorded that. 151, the best 20 meals in the world. We've mentioned that a lot in this podcast. If you haven't listened to those two that were part of Food Week, you got to listen to them. And then if you just want, you know, to laugh at our expense, you can listen to episode 90. The things that happened to us within two hours of landing in Italy, some travel mishaps. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Italy, the good stuff about Italy. Here are the travel mishaps from Italy. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for voting at LightsCameraSwitzerland.com. And of course, thank you for the support for making us the number one rated travel podcast in the world. Until next time, happy Happy free free travels. travels.